Welcome to the DLA Piper Pocket Guide to the UPC. I'm Sarah Turner, and in this series, our UPC team will look at some of the key issues raised by the Unified Patent Court and Unitary Patent. This new system will represent one of the biggest revolutions in IP law in over 40 years, and will affect everyone who uses the European patent system, wherever they may be based in the world. For more information, do visit our UPC website at dlapiper.com forward slash UPC, where you'll find articles on each of the topics we cover and much more. I'm pleased to introduce today's speakers, Deborah Bald and Alejandro Gonzalez-Vega. Deborah is a patent litigation partner based in our London office. She has over 20 years of experience of standard essential patents in a wide range of technologies. Today, Deborah is in conversation with Alejandro Gonzalez-Vega. Alejandro is a Spanish IP lawyer based in our Luxembourg office. Like Deborah, he's a tech sector specialist. Deborah and Alejandro will be ending our series by looking at the interesting question of the long-arm jurisdiction of the UPC and how it could impact businesses based in non-participating countries. Over to you, Deborah and Alejandro. In our podcast on remedies in the UPC system, Paul Rieskamp touched on the possibility that the UPC will have discretion to order cross-border pre-trial interim injunctions with effect outside of the UPC territory and even outside of the EU, as well as financial compensation for infringement in these countries. This long-arm jurisdiction arises because of provisions of the Brussels Regulation and Lugano Convention, which are international agreements governing the jurisdiction and the recognition of judgments in Europe, Switzerland, Norway and Iceland. We don't know yet how the UPC will implement this long-arm jurisdiction in practice, but we are certain that the court will be asked by patent owners to exercise this power. Today, Alejandro and I will discuss how the UPC might reach outside of the contracting states. Deborah and I represent two jurisdictions that are not participating in the UPC, but where we'll still expect the court's impact to be felt. Spain decided not to sign up to the UPC agreement. The UK was initially a signatory to the UPC agreement, but is no longer participating in the system after Brexit. The two countries are in slight different positions as regards the UPC's jurisdiction because, of course, Spain is a member of the EU while the UK is not. This means that they are not party to the same international conventions. So the UK isn't a party to either the Brussels regulation, which governs interactions between courts within the EU, or the Lugano Convention, which has similar impact covering the EU and also Norway, Iceland and Switzerland. However, the UK is one of the 38 countries that are contracting states to the European Patent Convention, which is the legal regime enabling European patents and which created the European Patent Office in Munich. The Brussels regulation classifies the UPC as a common court, giving it the same jurisdiction over patent-related matters as the national courts of the UPC contracting states, including the power to grant pretrial interim injunctions, even where the UPC doesn't have jurisdiction to determine the validity of the patent. This matters because the UPC has jurisdiction over European patents that haven't been opted out of the UPC as well as unitary patents. European patents are obtained from a single application which is examined by the European Patent Office. When a European patent is granted, it becomes a bundle of national rights in the states where the applicant has paid registration fees. Where a country is not a party to the UPC agreement, only the national courts of that country can rule on patent validity. This means that, when we talk about a long-arm jurisdiction of the UPC, 
We're only talking about infringement and only about the award of pre-trial interim injunctions and damages. Being able to sue a defendant who has infringed a European patent in the EU member state where the infringing act took place is nothing new, even if that defendant is, for example, domiciled in the US or India. As long as the European patent isn't opted out, it will be possible to bring an infringement action before the UPC rather than the national courts of the state where the European patent was infringed. What is unusual about the UPC's powers is that where the UPC has jurisdiction over a defendant who's not domiciled in an EU member state or Lugano country, and infringement of a non-opted out European patent gives rise to damage within the EU, the court also has discretion to exercise its jurisdiction in relation to damage arising in any European patent convention country, so for example in Turkey or the UK. There are conditions attached though. The UPC can only do so if the defendant has property, such as bank accounts, offices or registered IP, located in a UPC state, and if the dispute has a sufficient connection with that UPC state. We don't yet know what amounts to a sufficient connection, so we don't know whether this requires an infringing act taking place in the UPC state where that property is located. It's also not clear whether the UPC is able to make a final determination of infringement of a European patent in a non-EU territory, or whether the UPC's powers are restricted to simply awarding damages for losses suffered in that jurisdiction flowing from infringing acts carried out within UPC states. Financial compensation is one thing, but of course a lot of listeners will be interested to hear about the UPC's powers to grant cross-border injunctions that reach outside the UPC states. One of the main advantages of the UPC for patent owners is that it will be able to grant preliminary and final injunctions that apply across all the UPC contracting states. The Brussels regulation gives power to the UPC to grant pre-trial injunctions for infringement in countries where the UPC would not have jurisdiction over the validity of the European patent. This impacts Spain, Croatia and Poland as EU member states that aren't part of the UPC agreement. The Brussels regulation also claims to impact EPC member states outside the EU that are not signatories to the Lugano Convention, such as the UK. Switzerland, Norway and Iceland are also brought in through the Lugano Convention. So how about a practical example, Alejandro? Sure. What might happen if a Danish pharmaceutical company holds a European patent in all major markets for a small molecule pharmaceutical? A UK-based company manufactures a generic product in the UK, which it offers for sale in the UK, France, Germany and Switzerland. The UK company also has R&D premises in France, and so the dispute is likely to have a sufficient connection with that member state. So the Danish company could sue the UK company for infringement before the UPC, and seek damages for infringement in France and Germany, which are UPC contracting states, plus Switzerland as a Lugano Convention state, and the UK as an EPC contracting state. The Danish company might also seek a pre-trial interim injunction from the UPC in all of these countries if it acts quickly enough. This possibility for cross-border enforcement is a real plus for patent owners, but a real risk for potential infringers. We will no doubt see anti-certain junctions being sought in the UK to prevent the UPC from making decisions impacting parallel UK proceedings and also possibly in other affected countries, including Spain. Yes, in fact, this year we have already seen an order granted by the English Patents Court in a case where the defendant had initiated infringement proceedings in the Netherlands impacting a UK-European patent. The claimant didn't obtain an anti-suit injunction immediately, 
but they did win an order requiring the defendant to give notice of any intended application to restrain or interfere with the claimant's intended UK action for a declaration of non-infringement and revocation of the UK-European patent. The defendant later withdrew the UK aspects of the Netherlands action before an anti-suit injunction could be imposed. It's going to be very interesting to see what will happen when the UPC starts operating. Please do get in touch if you're concerned about how you might be impacted by or how you might benefit from this long-arm jurisdiction.